Today on State Scoop's Priorities Podcast from Scoop News Group, when design can be a vulnerability. This is, you know, potentially a risk for a bad actor that, to, to, that, could, that could be uh, leveraged by a bad actor because we are creating this uh, brand confusion or brand inconsistency. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community. You'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world and learn about the latest news and trends ahead for the industry. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening this week. Former Virginia CIO Nelson Moe is joining Iron Bow, an IT services provider, as a sales strategist for the state, local, and education market. The move to the private sector reunites Moe with his former deputy, Jonathan Ozevac. Ozevac is the company's chief transformation officer for SLED. 21 states now have chief privacy officers, and more are coming, according to a new report from the National Association of State Chief Information Officers. That's up from 12 in 2019, the last time the group studied privacy officers. At least three other states are looking to hire privacy leads later this year, according to NASIO. The House Energy and Commerce Committee's Communications and Technology Panel voted to approve an amendment to the Spectrum Innovation Act that would use funding from wireless spectrum auctions to raise $10 billion for next generation 911. Lawmakers said using Spectrum auctions to fund NextGen 911 will be more efficient than the use of tax dollars. You can read these stories and more at statescoop.com. You'll also find links in today's show notes. The state of Maryland has a new website. The state's IT department says the upgrade is part of the state's ongoing push to a unified and mobile-friendly citizen experience. The site was built by NIC, a digital services company owned by Tyler Technologies. Stefanos Geber-Hawari at the state's Deputy Secretary for IT and Director of Applications and Client Delivery Services tells State Soup's Colin Wood what went into the design. You know, we, uh, the new official state of Maryland website, uh, it was um, designed and developed in close coordination with our partner NIC USA. Um, this is typically something that we do as part of our annual review and um, this year, what we focus on is, as we were reviewing the Maryland.gov analytics and metrics, we identified um, current use usage patterns within the site, and that helped us, that helped guide us kind of in identifying, you know, maybe the layout or the content uh, of the site needs to be brought into the next generation mail.gov this is something that typically we do annually you know both the review of the analytics but but as well as uh, try to uh, you know redesign the existing website to, to try and modernize it um, mm-hmm. and you know uh, yeah so this year primarily you know we start thinking about this uh, as governor Hogan put it you know we were looking for a website you know, that would make it easier, faster, and more convenient for Marylanders to engage with us with, with difficult, different government services and resources, but also for visitors to learn more about the state. Right, right. So did, does that mean that you guys did a similar upgrade to this one year ago? Uh, I don't know. We didn't do it a year ago, as you, uh, I know you are very well aware of. The last couple of years have been anything but normal. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so last year around this time, we were eyeballs deep into, you know, COVID response. And, sure. you know, just um, we were, we, there was, uh, you know, a lot of our focus was around uh, supporting the Department of Health with COVID response, whether it's technical or, you know, like infrastructure wise. So we were not focusing on um, anything other than keeping the lights on, you know, with 
things like mainland Dungov, it wasn't a priority then, but typically, yes, we try to do it annually. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so I think the data aspect is especially interesting. Could you speak a little bit more to how data was used to guide the design process and what were some of the either findings or metrics that you use to, to make decisions? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, the, the overall strategy that we used when we were designing this, and a lot of this credit goes to, to Nick USA and uh, the, the, the local team that support us, is we focus on uh, unified branding. This is, you know, in consistency with what the governor and the communications office with the governor wants to push out to, to the citizens, uh, the data-driven design intuitiveness, personalization, and visual aesthetics. These were the criteria. So, you know, when we, when we look at the, the data, the, the, I'm sorry, the data-driven aspect of this, you know, we look at the analytics and metrics. Uh, like I said earlier, we review this annually. And this year, for example, we discovered that 95.5% of the clicks for the Maryland.gov homepage came from elements that have reminded that have remained in the new simplified concept. So, you know, we look at this and you see that the majority of users are focused on, uh, you know, uh, uh, like uh, com- like some of the components of the site, not necessarily everything that we had on there. So then we decided, you know, we decided we we're gonna redesign the, the site so that we highlight, you know, the. Um, the, the, the elements that the people are interested in. You know, when you look at, you know, a bulk of our users are state employees and they're looking for employee-related resources, we decided, well, how do you do that? Where do you move that to? So we decided to put that off to the side. And then also, if you go into, you know, that particular uh, element, we have decided to redesign that so that that is consistent with the user experience with the landing page. Right. That makes sense. That's very logical. And the result is a fairly sparse main landing page. I don't recall mm-hmm. what it looked like before, but there's a search bar now, I think, and then a few other things, which I'm assuming are the the things that people were accessing most frequently, as you mentioned. Absolutely. Absolutely. So by evaluating the access trends that we had, you know, within the, you know, within the, the reports, um, so we look at the trends over time. We decided there are there's an opportunity to reduce or remove content that users interact with less often. So the innovative design focuses on the most accessed content, and we have removed unnecessary destruction, even you know to the extent where we have been very purposeful and aware of the white space that we have created in the page. Uh, so, you know, the, the redesign of the homepage includes the most access co- components, including search, as you pointed out, uh, the, you know, the most popular search shortcuts, uh, chatbot, which, you know, 93% of um, users that visit the site have expressed great satisfaction, you know, with Agent Mary, uh, and the primary navigation and the permission, promotional slider contents. All other content has been transferred to the interior pages. So obviously, you know, everything is still there and available, but, you know, we do, we have understand the user comes into the site and, you know, they want to leverage the search bar. So it's right there front and center. And then the, the you know, the elements that are right below the, 
the search bar are these you know elements that are most frequently accessed and you know it's right there very easy to use you don't have to try and navigate try to figure out where things are and then the most popular uh you know um destinations they are in the slider bar right there in the middle of the page again right i think um most of our audience especially people who are something of your counterparts in other states generally understand the importance of good design but maybe just briefly for anyone who might not understand why all of this effort is necessary or why it, it's uh, worthwhile to go to all this trouble why what do you think the sort of upshot of of doing all of this is uh well that's a really good question um you know so the upshot really for us is everything is around the the branding of the state you know what we have tried to do with the website is we have used a unified branding concept to push towards cohesiveness and build a deeper deeper citizen um, trust across mainland experience channels so you know the idea here is whether you go to mainland.gov or the one-stop platform which is, is you know a very significant part of how state agencies deliver services to our citizens then our intent here is that you as the citizen you should not have to try to figure out or even be aware of that you are you know transitioning in between two systems or services or you know platforms so we were very very purposeful with making sure that maryland.gov has a very close um, user experience to to the one-stop portal because like i said earlier you know you go to maryland.gov this is it. This is where you go to access Maryland resources. But, you know, we do have to use different platforms to feed, you know, to respond to citizen needs based on, you know, a lot of different variables. The intent here is all of them should be so similar in the user experience that you as a citizen, you don't have to be bothered with trying to figure out, well, where do I go? Or is this the same? Because, you know, the other element to this is we have to reduce you know, um, we have to reduce the risk for cybersecurity uh, element, you know, the, all that type of risk escalation by ensuring that when you deal with the state of Maryland, this should be your user experience. You know, the way we had it in the past, and um, I, I think you said you don't, you don't recall what it looked like, but it was vastly different because it looked actually like all other websites, but not, it did not have any similarities to one stop. So then you as a citizen, when you go to Maryland.gov for services, which that site has a lot of services, you perform you know, some of these activities. And then if you need different types of services, it could be for the same agency, now you have to go to one stop. This is you know, potentially a risk for a bad actor that, that, could, that could be leveraged by a bad actor because we are creating this brand confusion or brand inconsistency. So that was a central focus of our strategy was we want to eliminate that. We want for, for our citizens to be able to say, if it looks this way, if it looks like Melanda.gov, then this is a great indicator that we are dealing with, you know, Maryland state resources. Right. What does the division of labor look like between the state and NIC for a project like this? Uh, you know, I have to say, NIC, they, they were a great partner to us. It was, um, I could really not um, intelligently articulate the division of labor there. It was very integrated. You know, they 
they understand the state very well. They understand our customers, our citizens. They understand our agencies and the mission, as well as you know we are doing to do. Um, you know, our mission obviously is to enable um, other agencies. You know, mission to enable them to provide on that mission. So, you know, it was really tremendously helpful. You know that uh, we were able to partner with Nick that has such a great understanding. Um, you know, so. I think it wasn't that great. It is a very well integrated team. Uh, so there was not, you know, very distinct differentiation, mm -hmm. but you know, what we have to do is we have to acknowledge that they are the technical experts. We have, you know, they are our technical partners that we have chosen to rely on their technical expertise. So what we do is we'll take a sit down and say, well, you know, as the state, what is our desire? What are the outcomes that we're looking for? And then they will come back and then they tell us, well, you know, based on these requirements, you know, like, like I said earlier, unified branding, well, if unified branding is important to you, then here is the industry best practice that you need to think about. Here is the, you know, the integration between these various systems that you have or these various platforms, and we have to ensure, you know, this seamlessness. Here is the data. They had all the data to show us and say, you know, you know, 95% of your users are going to this particular or just this handful of links. So we need to highlight those and move everything else to the interior sites. Hmm. When do you plan on doing the next refresh? Is is are you gonna do another big refresh like this, or is the plan to be more iterative going forward? Um, you know, that's a really good question. I think, you know, as we find stability with, with you know, with, within the, the context of the pandemic and, you know, we're getting to a state of steady state, we are definitely planning, you know, some major, major changes. Um, you know, what we want to do going forward is, you know, personally for me, you know, I spend a lot of time supporting the federal government. And this opportunity with the, with this website upgrade was that, you know, the, the concept that I have operated under in the federal government does work within the state of Maryland or within state government. What I mean by that is that, you know, there is power in visualizing the end state to deliver successful project. You know, what is it that we're trying to achieve? You start there and you focus on that. Um, then you focus on improving citizen experience. That's what we are here for. So, you know, the goal is to bring that type of organization and structure to the, you know, you know, every modernization project in the state. And, you know, once we have made this uh, site available and we have reached out to our agencies to collect their feedback, there is actually a very, very large interest for most agencies to update their current websites, you know, to, uh, to this format. So, you know, and that we know we did, uh, we had a, an upgrade late last year to the current template. So, you know, before we can do any more changes to Maryland.gov, we will probably want to focus on upgrading state websites to be, you know, more closely aligned, if not identical to um, the Maryland.gov template. That's Stefanos Gebelharariat. You can read more about him and Maryland's new website on statescoop.com and in today's show notes. The Priorities Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't already, please leave a review or a rating on the podcast page 
they make it more likely that more people will find the show. This podcast is a product of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher helped put it together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Until next week, I'm your host, Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.